Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of May 27, 2018. The following announcement is from Kim Charlson, ACB President. Kim says, Recently, ACB has been contacted by an individual experiencing accessibility issues with a website for Ancestry Genealogy slash Family History slash DNA Analysis information, such as Ancestry.com or 23andMe. Lainey Feingold would be interested in talking with people who have either successfully used an Ancestry site or who have encountered accessibility barriers or privacy issues on one. If you have had any of these experiences and are interested in discussing this with Lainey, contact her at Lainey Feingold, Law Office of Lainey Feingold, HTTP colon slash slash LF as in frog, legal, L-E-G-A-L dot com. The telephone number is 510-548-5062. And keep in mind that Lainey is in California. This following announcement comes from Janet Dickelman and was posted on Friday. I was just informed by the hotel that there are some dates during the convention where the hotel is totally sold out and we have exceeded the number of anticipated rooms. If you have a reservation at the Union Station that you find you are unable to use, please contact Janet directly rather than canceling the room with the hotel. If you are in need of a room and do not have a reservation, Also, please let Janet know, and she will put you on a list and make that reservation for you as soon as possible. This is a wonderful problem to have, since it means that the 2018 ACB Conference and Convention will be bigger and better than ever. You can contact Janet Dickelman by dialing 651-698-5059 or by emailing her at Janet, J-A-N-E-T dot Dickelman, D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N, at gmail.com. Note, if you are attending the convention as part of the Kentucky Council of the Blind Block, please contact the KCB office at 502-895-4598 concerning hotel reservations. We've been talking about the Marrakesh Treaty and the need for more accessible books, both in the United States and around the world, since 2013. Tony Stevens, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs in the ACB Alexandria office, visits with us on page two and brings us some exciting news about Marrakesh. He tells us how we can all help push Marrakesh across the finish line by just making a few simple telephone calls. Marrakesh is heading for home, and you can help us win this race and help blind people all over the world. The 2018 KCB Crossroads Conference was a huge success, and we had many interesting speakers and sessions throughout the two-day conference in April. Paula Weiss, whom many of you know from her work in registration at the ACB National Convention, is a past executive director of the Bluegrass Council of the Blind. Paula was our luncheon speaker on Saturday afternoon at Crossroads. Her remarks are on page 3, and on page 4 is the Sound Prince Calendar. Page 2. On the phone with me is Tony Stevens. He's the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind out of our Alexandria office. And we are really glad to have you with us, Tony, because you're going to be talking about a 
some real progress that's been made on one of our advocacy issues. It's my pleasure, Carla. Thanks. And, yeah, we're excited. You know, there's not been too much things that have been moving in Congress over the past number of years. Uh, but one issue that's something that, that we've been working on, uh, along with other folks that are advocates in the blindness world, as well as with the libraries and publishers, has been the Marrakesh Treaty. Uh, the folks that may not be familiar with the treaty, it's, it's through the, what's called the World Intellectual Property Organization that oversees essentially you know, the role uh, that, that we have in oversight of copyright materials, published works around the world. WIPO, as it's called, a number of years ago, got together with advocates and folks from the uh, publishing industry uh, to really wrestle with the reality that only about 5% of all the print material in the world is accessible in, in an alternative format. So for folks that are blind or have print disabilities, that, that was a huge issue, particularly in countries that have even more uh, you know, uh, economic development, uh, where it's even just 1%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're we're fortunate in that the Marrakesh Treaty, which came out of this push to try to make the world more, uh, you know, easier to gain access, like how we have the National Library Service here in the U.S., kind of make that global. Uh, you know, we had the Marrakesh Treaty. Uh, and this treaty, uh, you know, was put forward by President Obama to Congress, uh, and, uh, you know, he had since left office. But the nice thing about the, the, the treaty, as it was sent to Congress, they could essentially take it up at any point. And Senator Corker, a Republican senator from Tennessee, has been, you know, really a strong advocate internal within the Senate towards getting this treaty pushed forward. He and a number of other senators had felt that, you know, this is kind of a, an issue that, that was non-controversial. Uh, and and it was something that you know had a had a win-win situation uh, you know not just for uh, you know the people who are blind here in the United States that might be students or traveling overseas or veterans that are you know soldiers and their families serving overseas that might have a print disability uh, but you know it's, it's the kind of thing too that just from a, a, a you know a standpoint of just trying to better the world for the you know tens of millions of people who are blind. Uh, you know, as, as countries begin to take on this treaty, uh, you know, it really is uh, an opportunity to really just sort of help expand literacy in general, uh, which is, you know, sort of, a, you know, there's what we've been saying is a global book famine for people who are blind around the planet. And it's, it's true when you look at just how little is available, even with technology now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in parts of the world, technology is very expensive and getting reliable access. So yes. even with technology, we still have such a huge issue. So what happened this week which was the big news, was so this treaty was pushed forward by the White House. Um, the, you know, the State Department, you know, was still in support of it under the new administration. And, uh, you know, with the Foreign Relations Committee, they had a hearing a couple weeks ago, and they, it act, had already passed through. There was a, a minor amendment to what's called the Chafee Amendment, which is how we get our talking books in the U.S. from the National Library of Congress. Uh, is something under what's called the Chafee Amendment. There's a little little fix that needs to get done in that that required some mechanical fixing by the Judiciary Committee in the Senate. They passed that through the other week. And then this past Tuesday, the, the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations voted favorably out of committee the whole treaty package. So what that means is that it now goes to the Senate floor for a vote. Uh, we need two-thirds vote. Now what's encouraging is that it came out of committee, uh, you know, which which has, you know, uh, majority Republicans, uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, Democrat senators as well, nobody had an issue. Both sides of the aisle had praised the legislation and the treaty, and the leg- like I mentioned, the legislation that needs to do that minor fix. 
they spoke favorably of it, as did the Judiciary Committee a couple of weeks ago. And so we're excited in that you know we've we've heard really no pushback on this. And if that's the case, the Senate can bring it up under what's called unanimous consent. So typically when they do what's called UC, they'll bring a piece of legislation up and and it can pass literally within the blink of an eye. Uh, you know, they'll oftentimes have a full docket of things under unanimous consent that you might not even know it's tucked in there. Uh, but alas, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the, the how, you know, history can sometimes be made in even the quiet moments. Oh, yes. And so our hope is that, you know, before we go into national convention, maybe we can have some good news. What we need is is everybody out there to call their senator. You know, each state has two senators. And as they do what's called a hotline process where they kind of test the waters to see if, you know, if there's, you know, they only bring stuff up for unanimous consent if they know going into it that no one has an issue. Mm-hmm. Cause they don't want anything to be log jammed, you know, sort of caught up uh, in, the, in the process of just trying to push through, you know, things that are non-controversial. Mm-hmm. So they do what's called a hotline process, and that's when every Senate office has a chance to kind of weigh in. We're trying to get people out on the phones. As, as much as possible to let their senators know that this is a non-controversial issue. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's apple pie and, and mom and everything <laughs> else is fully American. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we have our libraries, and everybody loves libraries. And, uh, you know, there's never really been an issue with Library of Congress. It's a bipartisan-supported sort of effort in the U.S. And making it global, you know, isn't going to really hurt anybody. The publishers are behind it. The libraries are behind it. We're behind it. The Federation of the Blind, you know, has been working on this issue along with us. You know, ACB has been actively involved even when this was before it was even sort of thought of as a treaty when, you know, uh, folks in the U.K. and others started coming together and saying, what can we do? Uh, you know, folks like Melanie Brunson and others here at ACB were actively involved in traveling to Europe. And uh, we, along with the Federation, this has been an issue that, that we've been working together with. And we're fortunate that, you know, it's, it's coming to reality probably very soon. So, But we need help from people to call their Senate offices and let them know to vote yes uh, and to support this treaty as it comes across their, their plate. Uh, let them know it's not controversial, that everybody's in it together. Um, and and they, can, they can call their Senate office. Here's the Capitol switchboard. I'll give the number twice. It's 202-224-3121. And again, this is the U.S. Capitol switchboard. And you call and you ask to speak to your senator. Uh, let them know who your senator is. And there's two of them. Make sure you know who the both are, and they'll connect you with the office. And as a person, they'll take that, that call, and, and you just tell them, look, I'm giving a call about the Marrakesh Treaty. It passed out of committee. And, you know, the publishers, the libraries, and advocates are all in favor of it. We're all behind it, as was the committees. And, and we hope that, you know, I hope my senator will vote yes and, and tell them they got your support, if, you know, and, 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 and you just ask for their support for the treaty. When they call this number, the 202-224-3121, for the for the capital switchboard, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes you get first the um, the automated answering, right, yeah. uh, and uh, it will ask it, it will walk you through if you don't know who your senator is, um, it will ask if you're calling for someone in the house or the senate, and you choose you know. I don't know, one for the, let's just say one for the House and two for the Senator. It may be the other way around. But you make the choice, and then it will ask you your state, and you can tell them, or it it may ask you for your zip code. In other words, it will ask you um, 
for a way that you can it can identify your state and then it will say like uh, I'm in Kentucky so it will ask me if I want Senator McConnell's office or Senator Rand Paul's office and again I can pick one or two and it puts me right into that office so um, I don't even have to know who my senators are it will give me those choices no you're right it, it, they, they make it easy nowadays um, I always encourage people just to know <clears throat> before they call, yes. uh, you know, uh, just so you don't sound, uh, it, you know, uh, you don't want to say uh, Senator McDonald because you're not, you know, yeah. you're kind of, you, you didn't hear the phone well kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, it's, we want to, we want to make sure that we are informed. Yes. And let them, let them know you are an informed constituent in their state. Yes. And that's the key because they get a lot of calls from people from outside their state on different issues. And it's, it's very important that the, the person on the call know that you are a, quote, informed constituent. And you're someone who's blind and or someone that knows someone who's blind or someone that's affiliated with ACB. And, and that you, you wanted to vote yes on this. Mm -hmm. I think it's an important, important non-controversial treaty. So your message could be, um, my message would be, hello, I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm with the American Council of the Blind and the Kentucky Council of the Blind. And I live in Louisville, and I am calling to ask you to support the Marrakesh Treaty. Would that be yep. good? Yes. That, it can be that simple. You know, the staffer will, will probably, if they're, if they're keeping up with what's taking place in the Senate, you know, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, they might know about it. They might not if they ask you a question. If, no, if they ask me, in fact, I might even add on to my statement that uh, I'm asking them to support the Marrakesh Treaty, which would make materials accessible to people with disabilities throughout the world. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, similar to how we do in the United States. Yes. Yes. And and that's uh, and that's it. And, and and you know you you can uh, they get lots of calls, uh, but let them know your name and what town you live in, maybe. Yes. And, then, um, and that's I, very I, I important. Hope that makes it personal. Yes, so. it it is. It's very important that you give them your name and where you're from, and I, I think it's important that you say that you are calling with ACB, um, and add if if possible without going into a great long list of 45 chapters, you know that you're part of um, the American Council of the Blind, and then also that state affiliate. And in my case, it would be Kentucky Council of Blind, but it may be ACB of Indiana or Bay State Council or California Council of Blind, mm -hmm. what, whatever affiliate, because that is their state, that is their state um, organization, and and they're interested in knowing that their constituents, the people who vote in that state, are in support of an issue. Um, yeah. If it was not something we were supporting, it would be important for them to know that 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 you're part of a group that is not supporting something. So it's always yeah. important to let them know if you are uh, among the voters that elect them. Yeah, our our hope is that you know there's 39 countries right now uh, that are signed onto the treaty, and so it's you know it's it's continuing to grow, and our hope is to 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 be number 40. That would be absolutely superb. Tony, do you have any kind of feel for a time frame as to when you this know, might like come I up? Mentioned, unanimous consent can kind of sneak up on you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, 
you know, a lot of it depends on how the Senate, they're about to go into recess now, and they'll be in recess next week, and then they come back, and they've got a lot of things to get passed and move on before the July 4th recess. So June will be a pretty busy work month for them. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a lot of unanimous consent bills being brought up to the floor throughout the month of June, mm-hmm. and our hope is that, you know, this could this could be one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually can get word through a staffer, you know, when these emails go out uh, asking, you know, if anybody has objection to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we do do that, they usually give you like a 48-hour, you know, 24-hour, you know, sort of a window to get back in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and if everybody does and everybody's good, then it could be green-lighted. That, that's usually telling us that, you know, something's brewing or that they, they, they're getting together a pile of things or, a, you know, they found a window in which maybe they could bring it up for, for a vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if, if that happens, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to get the word out again if we feel like people need to do more outreach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, it, it you know, it, it, it can kind of come, or sometimes, too, they can get preoccupied, uh, distracted on maybe a large budget package, or I think, you know, they've got the defense bill that's up right now mm-hmm. that they're working through, and that'll probably be something, you know, uh, you know, when you get in bills that might have lots of amendments or debates, that sometimes can drag on the, the Senate rulemaking or the, you know, sort of the lawmaking process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as it's not as easy as the song, what is it, I'm amendment to be. Uh, you know, that was a lot more concise than the way it's really done, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our hope is that it can it can get kind of pushed through. Sometime June will be a busy month for the Senate, so mm-hmm. uh, there'll be a lot of opportunities to bring this forward. Well, it would sure be great if we could go into convention with a super announcement about this. Yeah. Uh, this is a good example of how um, advocacy is sort of hurry up and wait and take another little step and wait some more and take another yeah. step and wait again. And yeah. and then sometimes things just, when they start to move, they're, you have to be ready. Yeah, you do. So, yeah. But folks, again, that number is 202 Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tony. Appreciate it. My my pleasure, Carla. Thank you. Page three. Now we're going to uh, move along to our next program from Volkswagens to Mercedes and uh, transforming (coughs) yourself and your organization. And to present that is Paul Louise from Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> I may go Lexus, but I'm not quite sure it goes by the Mercedes at this point the game. <laughs> For all of those who are here from out of the state, welcome to Kentucky, home of beautiful women and fast horses. In that order. <laughs> This is always an exciting time to be in our state because the grass is so green, it's almost, it almost glows. And the trees and the bushes are, are blooming, so on a really nice day, maybe a little warmer than yesterday, the fragrance in the air is just intoxicating. And of course, the anticipation of the Kentucky Derby is crazy here. So uh, you may even go home with a little southern lilt to your accent tomorrow. So. Um, Last year, I worked the uh, telephone registration for ACB, and I had just gentlemen from uh, the West Coast called several times to get his registration straightened out. So when we got to the convention, I introduced myself to him, and 
he said, you don't sound like the person that I was talking to over the telephone. And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> and he said, no, the person that I spoke with didn't have a southern accent. So, yeah, I guess maybe I have this telephone persona too. I don't know, but I had to assure him, yes, I was still the same one. Since I am part of the planning committee, I'm going to take this opportunity in my little blurb here to interject some sidebars related to this program that we're doing here. The first one that I want you to remember is to hone your approach. Now, hone may be a southern word, but anyway, hone your approach. I've kind of been out of the loop for a few years doing some stuff with my family, so my New Year's Eve resolution was to put my toe back in the water, and so I assumed my seat on the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Board as a um, uh, member at large. This little voice in the back of my head said, just go to the meetings. Do not volunteer to be a committee chair. And I did really well because that was the first thing Teresa said during the meeting. Paula, do you think blah, blah. I was like, I can't do it right now. So I said, but you know, I, I will consider later down the road. So then Amanda calls. She says, we're getting crossroads together. You know, do you think you, you, you would uh, do it? And I said, yes. So when I hung up, the little voice said, now why did you do that? <laughs> You know she does not want you to look after that beautiful little daughter all weekend. You're going to have to work. So I said, no, you know, don't worry about it. At our, at our next meeting, I'm going to tell them that I want to be behind the scenes. I want to move chairs, tables. I want to dish food, whatever. I want to be behind the scenes. I guess because I'm up here, you you're, you're know what the next thing is that's coming down the road. So we get on the phone for the first meeting, and the first, and, and the first meeting was to pick speakers for this weekend. Carla said, well, I think Paula Weiss would just be a perfect speaker for, the, for Crossroads. That's my best Carla imitation. And um, the voice said, take her, take her down right now, take her down. I said, I got this covered. So I, I retorted back quickly, and what would I talk about? She never missed a beat. She gave me a topic, and she gave me bullet points. And I said, okay. When we hung up, the little voice says, you know, I guess you realize now you're in knee-deep, not just toe-deep. So anyway, uh, so hone your approach. And what do I mean by that? Amanda calls me. She doesn't say, oh, Paula, we're putting crossroads together, and I, it's going to be this weekend, and I realize it's spring break, but... You know, I don't know if you're busy. She, she didn't whine about it at all. She reminded me that we had a really good time doing working together at Crossroads the last time. And she uh, complimented me on what I brought to the table for Crossroads. And she invited me to join the committee. And I said yes. Had she done it otherwise, I would have probably been thinking, okay, tell her you'll check your schedule and you'll get back with her knowing full well you were going to say no. So I'm the same with Carla. You know, she had her assault ready as soon as we got on the telephone. So, and, and you know, that, that was fine. So, um, that's what I mean by hone your approach. I want you all to hold on to this word, resilient. The meaning is able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. Uh, synonyms are strong, tough, hardy, and my personal favorite, irrepressible. So just hold on to that to the end. 
I, I never really thought of resilient uh, applying the, the meaning to people. I, I'd always just thought, you know, the, the little flowers that come up in the clay dirt in my yard every spring on their own as being resilient, or the elastic in my pull-on pants that's, you know, going back and forth as my waist expands. But anyway, we'll get back to resilience. So in 2006, I was happy as a clam working as a sign language interpreter in the biggest high school in Lexington. Dunbar, and my plan was to start an interpreter uh, referral agency with a fellow interpreter and just freelance. But my husband Paul's health really deteriorated to the point of my needing to be more accessible. So at that time, BCB was looking for an executive director. So I approached the board and asked if I could be considered since, you know, I was sighted, but my husband was, was blind. So they took my pulse and one of them counted my respirations and they reported back, yes, she's alive, she's warm and alive, and yes, you know, she, she can have the job, you're hired. So, and this was also an opportunity for Paul to feel a sense of self-worth and working with me for the blind and visually impaired too. I knew nothing about executive directing, nothing, nada. But you don't know what you don't know, as Rick said last night. And now looking back, that certainly wasn't fair to the blind and visually impaired members of BCB. I told myself, I'm sure I told myself this, I don't remember it, but I'm sure I did. How hard could it be? Blind people have been doing it all this time. <laughs> Believe me. And I apologize for that right up front. I got my comeuppance really fast with that. The first week, I was so overwhelmed, I knew I had made a bad decision. And by the end of the week, I was ready to tell the board that I was going to have to reconsider. There's no way that I could do this. You know, I, I really just didn't have it to do it. We had old computers that really weren't working well. I knew nothing about IT stuff. Uh, the internet service was slow or non-existent. Um, but anyway, that week, I plugged away at it with Paul. And on that Saturday, he and I were working in the office, and I had gone out to pick up some lunch when he called, and he's kind of talking out of the side of his mouth. He said, there's a man here that says he was sent by SCSEP. Now, that was an organization in Lexington, right? Uh, Shirley knows, that actually kind of, my best definition is they repurposed senior citizens, right? Yes. Taught them new skills, and hope that the agency that, that was they were working in would hire them or that another agency would hire them. So the first senior, senior citizen that showed up at BCB was a drywall hanger. He was not <laughs> interested in being a member or, a, or anything with that. And we had another lady. But anyway, um, and so Paul said, you know, I, I just, I don't think you should do anything until you have him checked out. You'd have a background check run on him. So I came back to the office, and that was my first experience with meeting Jim Weber, who became my executive assistant. He was um, uh, a, a very, very savvy IT person. He looked around at our computers right then and there. He had uh, worked for several companies and done the books for them. He was really highly overqualified for the SCSEP program, but he was mine. And so he and I hit it off, you know, right then and there, and he stayed on, and, and uh, he was, um, I'll always believe that this was divine intervention. 
we clicked at our first meeting and he became my man Friday. At least that's what I called him from then on, Friday, instead of Jim. <laughs> he nestled in with the computers. He got us up and running. He had a passion for the agency and its members. And with his, his IT skills, we were able to offer home computer repair services for our folks because Jim was familiar with the software for the blind and visually impaired. He was worth his weight in gold and offered great advice. We never argued. If he disagreed with me, there'd be this little silence, and then he would say, you're the boss, and he'd walk away. Now, here's another sidebar for you. Look for a man or gal Friday in your, whatever your uh, agency or your business is, because that, that's an invaluable asset for you, to have somebody that, you know, your right-hand man or your right-hand gal. So, uh, I felt like at that point that you know, we'd be okay, that, that I'd be okay, and that even more so that, that BCB would be okay. And I kind of began to make it my own. Um, shortly thereafter, Beth Cross, who was one of the former executive directors of the State Office for the Blind, called me up. Her husband's deaf. She knew my passion for sign language. And she called me up to congratulate me, and we talked for a while. And so we ended our conversation, and she said, Paula, you know when you go blind, you won't go back. And so, you know. Um, taking the position of executive director of an agency is a little like running a relay race. The past director hands off the baton and you begin running as fast as you can toward the next runner or the finish line. Each past director live, leaves his or her accomplishments and you begin building on those always knowing you have that hand on your shoulder. So um, things began to move really quickly after that. The structure was coming together. I had a top-notch executive assistant and a very supportive uh, board. Uh, and my greatest resource, the people, the, the blind and visually impaired members of the agency, and all the people that, that Paul and I knew within our lives. I mean, we had been in Lexington for a long time, 45 years at that point in time and we had made friends and we had been very active within the community so you know there were a lot of, of, of people resources that we could tap we also had grown children that that were a resource to us too so and then with the board a very supportive board as I said had an excellent pencil pusher on my board so um, and you do need one of those you know, I asked each one of the board members to come to a meeting with at least two names of people that we could we could use as contacts for BCB. So we just kind of, you know, tried to kind of build on that at that point in time. And that's another little sidebar, you know, develop a contact list for yourself. Well, then we started networking with some other agencies, and my first experience was that. I, this program really never got off the ground, but it was a TV program where you applied, interviewed, and if your agency was chosen, they could win up to a million dollars. It was kind of an elimination thing like um, the other shows that are on, like, uh, what am I thinking, oh, um, America's videos and all of that stuff. It was that type of show. So they were coming to Lexington to audition, and so we showed up really early, and we were the second people, second group to be auditioned on the list. The first person was the um, uh, kidney, the Kentucky Kidney Alliance. 
And, of course, I was there with Paul and Axel. Who could resist a doe-eyed, yellow lad saying, you know, pick me, pick me? But Pat Ham was the director of the Kidney Alliance, and she had she brought her mascot, which was a man dressed up as a giant kidney, like Gumby, except it was shaped like a kidney. So we exchanged information then, and, and her agency was about the same size of ours, and we exchanged a lot of information. And we actually became kind of networking partners. I think Teresa has done some work uh, partnering with them, collaboration with them even now. So just kind of building with, you know, contacting other agencies and, and building in that way. We, uh, we tried to promote the agency by participating in any kind of outside events that we could. Fairs, uh, we made presentations all over town. We, uh, we did presentations for different clubs. We had uh, Paul and Axel did classes in, in the elementary schools and some of the other schools in Lexington on guide dog etiquette. Um, I was on any type of little TV talk program that I could get on trying to promote BCB and, and advocate for the agency. So, um, you know, things, things, were, things were building very well. We, we As services, we, the agency had always had a quarterly newsletter. And, and I'll have to tell you that BCB will celebrate its 40th year um, this, this September. So, and we were actually a few years before then, I'm sure Adam can verify that, but we became um, uh, uh, a C, uh, 401c3, through, is that it? 501c3, I'm thinking taxes, <laughs> uh, in 1978. So, um, but we, uh, we had a quarterly newsletter. Now it's, it's up to uh, twice a month uh, newsletter. We had monthly, ours were called VIP meetings at that time. They're peer support now, but ours was visually impaired people. And that was a monthly meeting where we uh, met, and it's been the same day in the month for years and years and years, the fourth Wednesday of the month, third or fourth Wednesday of the month. And um, that's um, a, a gathering with, and we always had some kind of a speaker, some kind of an edu educational program at that meeting. At one point in time, we were able to get a, a little grant from United Way. We were funded by United Way somewhat, and then they had a campaign where people could designate an agency that they wanted their money to go to. That didn't last long, but um, we had several designations, and so we were able to get this little monthly sum where we added food, added lunch to the VIP meeting, and as, as the old saying goes, if you feed them, they will come. So, you know, we, we did the meeting, started growing a little bit, which was fine to share the fellowship like that. We had a quarterly membership meeting. We had a membership drive every October. We um, had two seats on the State Rehabilitation Council, and we had begun to kind of get some money coming in through loans with the Lions Club. Hilliard Lions had funded us some money for some office furniture. So. We were we were kind of you know we were we were doing pretty well, um, progressing, and um, at that point in time we were still in the same building. Uh, one of the past directors secured this building for us that we're in now in 1995, and we had about 
a fourth of the building. Our office, our meeting room, our kitchen was all in one room. And then we had this other room that was just full of boxes of stuff and papers and information that accumulated over all the years. And we were like in the middle of the top floor. And at the end of the top floor, there was um, uh, three sweet little offices that were uh, an insurance guy, Andy, had. And so after I got to know him a little while, I, I, I let him know that, you know, I'd be smoking him out eventually. So there's another sidebar for you, intimidation. <laughs> and he did, he, he did end up starting to work from home, and we were able to kind of rearrange our finances to, to, and work with our landlord to take over those, those three little offices. So now we had, uh, I had an office, and we had a, a working our printer and all of our our working office in the middle, and then Jim Weber had his his tech room in, in the back, and then we were able to just use our big room for strictly a meeting room. Of course, I can't, you know, one of the, in, in talking about networking and, and doing things with other agencies at, at this point in time, and I don't exactly remember when this happened, but we kind of became um, involved with KCB, and why shouldn't we? We were sister affiliates in, in the and the ACB organization, but uh, you know the older members of BCB were always kind of wary that KCB was going to try to get our money. So yeah, and um, but you know what a, an eye opening for me to be able to be involved with this wonderful group in Louisville that truly showed you know, blind culture and, and a blind community, a lot different than we had in Lexington. And, you know, to, to become affiliated with them was great. Adam and Carla have been wonderful mentors for me. Uh, you know, Adam has just been my go-to guy for just about everything the whole time that, that I was executive director and for information. And uh, as we got more involved with ACB, just, you know, the scoop on people that were running for offices and who might be the best candidate to vote for and that type of stuff. And again, we were also, we were also getting more immersed in, in the ACB, uh, just the, the convention and different, different aspects of ACB. So that certainly was a, a great asset to us. We were plugging along really well, then the recession hit, and that hit us really hard. Not only the, the recession, but we lost our biggest grant at that point in time, and that was the grant that funded our um, salaries. And it was a, a it was a technicality. It was a grant from Linda Neville Grant was it was the name of the grant, and it had been transferred from Lexington. Linda Neville was a nurse who, when she died, left her whole estate to serve the blind and visually uh, impaired people in Eastern Kentucky. We're on the cusp of it cusp of eastern, eastern Kentucky and Lexington, but we do serve those counties surrounding in eastern Kentucky. A trust, that's the word I was trying to think of, a trust. The Linda Neville Trust, the executors had, uh, they had transferred it to Indianapolis of all things. So I immediately got on the phone with the person in charge of that and said, what is up for us? You know, do you realize what, what the impact of this for the agency and for the blind and visually impaired people in this area. And she explained, you know, that there were aspects of the trust that they didn't feel like that 
we uh, had been followed closely enough, and that was funding salaries. She, we invited her to come to Lexington, and she sat down with us, and she sat down with our grant request, and she explained to us how to refile it and what to say, and of course we had to wait another year to file for it. And there's another sidebar for you, grovel. Learn to grovel. <laughs> and then in the meantime, the trust got transferred of all places to Texas. So again, you know, another name and another contact person, but that all turned out really well. And, and you know, I can't stress enough the importance of, of, of maintaining a contact with people like that. Uh, you know, eventually we call enough and talk enough and email enough that you get on a first name basis with them and they begin to call you if, if you know, something's amiss. You need to, maybe you want to look at this or I want to give you this information. So we did get the Linda Neville grant back. By that time, I was probably in about three and a half years of the agency and, and I really had begun to think a blind person, a visually impaired, visually impaired person needs to be doing this job. After all, a sighted person has been doing it who has not ever walked in a blind person's shoes. A, a blind person uh, needs to be doing this job. And my friend Beth Cross really kind of agreed with me about that. So I had run into the current uh, executive director, Teresa, and she had been a presenter for us at BCB. And, um, I had mentioned, you know, might you be interested in this job? And she said yes. So we recontacted her, and uh, um, she uh, she agreed to look into it, and then finally did decide to come on board to uh, be with us. And I will have to say that that is the um, the best thing that I ever did for the agency it was to bring Teresa on board. She was a person who had. Um, Oh, she was a visually impaired person and she had expertise in, in fundraising. She'd been working for United Way and she had a background in public relations. And, you know, it, it was just a perfect fit. So I kind of stayed on for a, about another year as just a backup person. And then she has spent the last five years really, really building that agency into to, uh, providing wonderful, wonderful services for the blind and visually impaired in Lexington. Back to the word resilient. I think the definition should be, read, resilient, i.e., people who are blind, able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. Uh, kudos to all of you for uh, everything that you do. And, um, you know, I, that was the most wonderful experience of my life. And I'm 71 years old, and I've had a lot of experiences in my life, and I've done a lot of things, so I will have to say that that, that certainly stands out as, as my most memorable and uh, uh, experience. Want to read digital talking books, download podcasts, and make superb recordings, all while on the go? Now you can with APH's Bookport Plus, its small size, quality recording, and unique capabilities make Bookport Plus an ideal replacement for earlier digital talking book players or inaccessible commercial recorders. Call the American Printing House for the Blind toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 4, The Sound Prince Calendar. On May 29, there will be another... OFB-OVR merger hearing 
this time in Owensboro, from 4 to 6 p.m. Central Time. The hearing will be held at the Kentucky Career Center at 3108 Fairview Drive in Owensboro. Contact Vicki Madley Bandy at 1-800-334-6929. On May 30, a hearing concerning Office for the Blind and Office of Oak Rehab will be held from 4 to 6 p.m. Central in Paducah. The meeting will be at the Kentucky Career Center, 416 South 6th Street in Paducah. Call Jean Sutton at 800-334-6945. On May 30, the Kentucky School for the Blind invites everyone to their graduation ceremonies at 6.30 p.m. in the Ritchie Auditorium on the campus of the school, 1867 Frankfort Avenue in Louisville. Call 502-897-1583 for more information. On May 31 is another Office for the Blind OVR merger hearing in Bowling Green from 4 to 6 p.m. Central Time at the Kentucky Career Center located at 955 Fairview Avenue, Suite 100 in Bowling Green. Contact Teresa Murphy at 800-222-1215 for more information. Moving on to June, there will be a GLCB roundabout on June 1st. There will be education and technology from 3.30 to 5. Discussion time from 5 to 6 will be led by Amanda Salm and will be on the topic of color and image. Dinner, 6 to 7, $5 per person. Games and crafts, 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, Call 895-4598 to sign up. June 2 is Kids Day from 1030 to 1230 at the American Printing House for the Blind, an opportunity to participate in games and activities to help kids learn what it means to be blind. There will be some special activities related to the writer and human arts activist Helen Keller as June 1 marks the 50th anniversary of her death. For more information, call the American Printing House Museum at 899-2213. This is best for kids 6 to 12. June 3, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its committee meetings by telephone, advocacy at 7 p.m., and education, activities, and technology at 8 p.m. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On June 5, the Office for the Blind and Office of Oak Rehab merger hearing will be held in Louisville. There will be two hearings, one from 10 a.m. to noon and one from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. They will be at the McDowell Center, 8412 Westport Road in Louisville. For more information, contact Pam Minton, 800-346-2115. On June 5, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision We'll have a conference call meeting at 8 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On June 6, there will be an OFB OVR merger hearing in Lexington. Again, there will be two hearings that day, 10 a.m. to noon and 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. 
They will be at the Bluegrass Council of the Blind office, 1093 South Broadway, Suite 1214 in Lexington. For more information, call Teresa Thomas at 859-259-1834. On June 7, the Office for the Blind and OVR merger hearing will be held in Covington, 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time at the Kentucky Career Center, located at 1324 Madison Avenue in Covington. Call Cindy Bowles at 800-334-6895. On June 7, the American Council of Blind Alliance will hold its monthly conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This is an opportunity for blind lions from around the country to share ideas on how to be more involved in their local clubs. The call-in number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. On June 8, the GLCB Roundabout will be held from 3.30 to 10 p.m. Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5 Discussion, 5 to 6. Dinner, 6 to 7. Bingo, $2 per person. Games and crafts from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On June 9, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Board will meet at 11 a.m. by phone at 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On June 10, KCB Next Generation will have its conference call meeting. This is its regular monthly meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for members who are 40 and under. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On June 12, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, meets in Owensboro from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. The speaker will be from the Owensboro Police Department talking about scams. It will be at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170 for more information. June 13 is another OFB OVR hearing, this time in Hazard. 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time at the Kentucky Career Center, 412 Roy Campbell Drive in Hazard. Call Lisa Mead at 606-436-5751, extension 7028 for details. June 13 is the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind Meeting at 7 p.m. by conference call 605-475-4700, enter code 155619. For more information, call 859-781-7369. June 13 is the KCBPR Membership Committee Meeting. This meeting is at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And the dial-in number is 669-900-6833. Enter code 35725951193. On June 14 is another OFB OVR merger hearing in Ashland. This is the last in the series of merger meetings. It is from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time 
at the Kentucky Career Center in Ashland, 411 19th Street. Contact Canetta Free Home at 800-334-6881 for more information. On June 14, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold the next support group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 for more information. On June 15, there will be a GLCB roundabout, including education and technology from 3.30 to 5 p.m., discussion time and tip sheet from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, $5 per person, and games and crafts from 7 until 10. Sign up by calling 502-895-4598. June 16 is Braille for the Sighted from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the APH Museum. Do you ever stare at those dots in an elevator and wonder how they can possibly mean words? In two hours, we can have you reading simple Braille and writing Braille on a slate and stylus or with a Braille writer. Contact the APH Museum at 502-899-2213. Best for adults and children 6 and up. June 17 is the next KSB Alumni Board Meeting at 8 p.m. by phone at 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On June 18, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its June board meeting at 7.30 p.m. by conference call. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 357-259-5193. June 22 will be the last GLCB roundabout of the month. Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5 p.m., Discussion, 5 to 6, dinner, 6 to 7, $5 per person, and games and crafts from 7 until 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On June 24 is the ACB Families Parent Support Group. By conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The telephone number is 712-432-3900. And the code is 796096. On June 25, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have their next membership conference call at 7 p.m. by telephone. The phone number is 605-475-6006. And the code is 294444. June 27 is the Bluegrass Council Peer Support Group. It's from noon to 2 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council office in Lexington, 1093 South Broadway. Be sure to give them a call at least two days in advance at 859-259-1834. June 29 to July 6 is the 57th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. The week will begin with tours of St. Louis and a trip to the Cardinals baseball game and end with a historic visit to Hannibal, Missouri to learn all about Mark Twain. Enjoy exhibits, workshops, programs, additional tours, and many fun activities at the Union Station Hotel in St. Louis. Pre-registration closes June 17. For more information, visit www.acbconvention.org. 
If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prince. Have a great week, everybody.